I'm Brian Tetta, executive producer of The View. It's Tuesday, and I'm kicking off the new year with Alyssa Farrah Griffin. This is Behind the Table. Okay, happy new year, Alyssa. We are here. We are back. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. It was actually a really fun show. I feel like there was so much news to talk about over the holidays. We were all just like chomping at the bit to get to it. Yeah, I get nervous going into uh, coming back from a break. I'm I'm always excited to be back with the hosts and and have you guys weigh in on things. But sometimes it takes a minute to get our sea legs again, I feel Mm -hmm. like. And even after a long weekend, sometimes we're thrown. But I feel like we came out of the gate strong today. There was so much to talk about. I feel Mm -hmm. like everyone was kind of ready. We had a nice long break. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I I saw Joy like tweeting over the holidays. I was like, she's clearly (laughs) ready to be back on TV. She's got opinions she needs to share. (laughs) Well, she had the extra week because she was sick. Yeah. So, yes. I know. I realized I hadn't seen her in almost a month. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's it was good to get everybody back. Mm -hmm. I was excited to be here. How were your holidays? Wonderful. Um, very nice. Uh, front end, my husband and I, to kind of protect our peace, took a trip, just the two of us and Herbie. We were in the Smoky Mountains. It was super relaxing. Really Ate, beautiful drank, down there. So yeah. beautiful. Hiked every day. And then the back end was like family and extended family and being, you know, super present at all times. Um, really nice, but I'm so routine-based that I was actually like ready to get back to the show. I could have taken another couple weeks personally, <laughs> yeah. but yes. I, I did notice your uh, your out-of-office reply was up until like midnight last night. You were really clinging to those last 5 moments. 5 a.m. I had to switch back. <laughs> I had it programmed in. Yeah, no, every second. Um, I didn't hear from, I heard from hosts occasionally. I always do. I heard a lot from Joy, to mm-hmm. your point. I think she was like ready to come back. Heard a little from Sonny, nothing from Whoopi. You butt-dialed me twice, yeah. I think. And um, that was pretty much it. So overall, it was not the in worst. In the grand scheme of a pretty peaceful break. Yeah, I think so. I think so. All right. So um, there were a lot of political stories while we were away. So let's go through a few of them. Um, you spoke out about Trump on uh, ABC News this week, yesterday. Um, was it yesterday? Well, we pre-taped it yeah. um, just a little bit, but it, it aired It aired this past Sunday. Um, yeah, it was really, um, really thank you to John Carl for, for putting it together and coming up with the idea because it was me, Cassidy Hutchinson, and Sarah Matthews. Um, Two of my close friends, but also women I short it, sort of share this moment in history after January yeah. 6th with, um, where, you know, I spoke out after January 6th, Sarah Matthews spoke out and resigned on January 6th. Cassidy then later came out and spoke out, and they both testified before the January 6th committee. And we shared the story of how I helped connect them to the committee, to Congresswoman Liz Cheney, um, who was just instrumental in empowering all of us to kind of find our voices and use them. Uh, my my message was was clear, which is I think Donald Trump is a, a threat to democracy. I'm I'm a Republican. I want good Republicans to win, but I don't want bad ones to. I don't want people who are a danger to the country to. And I I don't think that the I don't think we have our arms fully around how dangerous a second term with him would be. And I say that because the first term I think about crazy ideas he had or dangerous, frankly, ideas he had. And the way that people, myself included, would reel him in from those decisions would be reminding him, hey, you've got to run for re-election. You can't fire your attorney general in place in a loyalist or fire your secretary of defense or use the military to, you know, uh, control the streets of, you know, the U.S. Because that is going to turn – that people are going to turn against you and you're going to lose. In a second term, that's not really even a concern. And I think, uh, you know – Liz Cheney's been very outspoken about this. I think it's a it's a, a very a bit of a scary moment in the country. But we're also still in a primary season and there's still time to stop him in the primary. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's always chilling a little bit to see 
people that were there that are scared. Um, well, and can I, yeah. and if I can say, like, because I think a lot of the reaction from those still in Trump's orbit is, you know, this is opportunistic or it's hysterical. It's Trump derangement syndrome. And you don't get much closer to Trump than I was. I was in his private dining room with him daily. I was talking to him on the phone daily. Um, every one of those women who spoke out knew him and saw him and came away with the same takeaway, which is he's just he doesn't have the character to be a leader. And never before in history has there been a former president who has had his former White House communications director, former White House press secretary, former chief of staff, former generals who served under him, former secretary of defense, former national security advisor and attorney general all come out and say he's unfit. It's not hysteria. It's not derangement syndrome. It is his, he is historically unfit for office. Right. And it doesn't mean you're not a Republican because you feel that way. And no. And I'd argue yeah. he's he's actively destroying my party, the, you know, possibly for generations to come. Yeah. No, it's definitely chilling. And then, of course, on New Year's Day, he spent the day attacking you again <laughs> on Truth Social. Well, which, by the way, and I talked to John Carl, who's obviously a friend after the program. And so I, we, I saw that I so I tried to tune out as much social media. I'd probably maybe check once a day, post every now and then. But f I like to protect my peace over holidays. Mm -hmm. And so it was actually John Carl who mentioned to me that he was coming after all the girls who the women who who spoke on the show. And it was funny. He was putting out statements of us supporting him from when we supported him. And I was like, you're missing exactly what we're saying, which is we did believe in you. We took a gamble and we all voted for you. We signed up to work for you because we wanted to see what you could do for this country. And we thought that maybe you were this disruptor who was going to be a great president and you turned out to be the opposite. I was like, you're actually proving our point in thinking that you're using our words against us. I was like, no, we actually did support you. And now as people who did are saying you're dangerous, unfit, and we will never support you. Right. No, and who better to make a judgment call on that than someone who was in the room with them so much. Speaking of which, I have to talk about this other thing that trended on social media that we did not talk about on the show. Uh, it did come up in the meeting this morning. Trump smells was trending on Twitter in the Hot Topics meeting. We debated whether it was worthy of the show. Probably not, but the podcast has a lower bar. So here we are. <laughs> Do you care to weigh in on this? Because you were in the room with him and physically next to him all the time. This is such a made-for-joy segment. I'm stunned we didn't do it on air. Um, okay, so honest truth. I know some of our anti-Trump listeners will be disappointed here. I never noticed that. The, the, listen, there are so many things to criticize Donald Trump about. I got a little—I I didn't kind of love seeing folks come out talking about this because I'm like— George Washington might have stunk, but he was a great president. You know, right. like that. that's not what wait, sometimes when it descends into the silly, it almost takes away from the seriousness of who Trump is. Sure. Um, is he orange? Yes. Does he do his own makeup? Yes. Um, <laughs> is the hair like, yes, it's real, but it's it contorts itself in a way that does not seem real. Like there's a there's a there's plenty to poke at. This is not one that resonated for me. OK, fair enough. <laughs> All right. So we've got firsthand knowledge that Trump does oh, not Oh, you know what? Smell. I can share, though. So my makeup artist um, always has to put self-tanner on my hands because my hands are always whiter than the rest of me because I love a good spray tan, but I wash my hands obsessively. If you look at Trump, he has the same thing because he also <laughs> loves a good spray tan but clearly does not tan his hands. Right. So I'll be like, it's my creepy Trump hands. <laughs> All right. So there you go. So if you're on the fence because of the tone of yeah. his skin, now we know the truth. There we go. All right. Um, in terms of the 2024 GOP primary, getting back to real stuff. Mm -hmm. There have been some calls for Chris Christie to drop out. Um, you've been vocal about this. Tell, tell us your take. So I preface with saying there I probably identify with Chris Christie the most of anyone in the race uh, based on his unequivocal condemnation of Donald Trump, um, him being willing to 
to highlight that certain things like American democracy and the character of those in office is as important, if not more important, than policy itself. I also, um, on an issue that that came up over over the break in Ohio, I actually very strongly agree with him on um, allowing parents to have the right with doctors to make decisions about trans children. A lot on the right have decided the federal government should bar that. And as a conservative who believes the people who love the child the most should have a say, I've actually really appreciated his voice on that issue. I would love to vote for Chris Christie in a general election. I would love for him to be president. He's statistic. There is no statistical path at this juncture for him to get the nomination. And my issue is this. In 2016, the way that Donald Trump became president was the field did not consolidate. It was fractured for too long, and it allowed him to cruise to the nomination and beat Hillary Clinton. We are 12, 13 days out from the Iowa caucuses, which he will very likely sweep. The only, the next and only place really to stop him is New Hampshire. Nikki Haley is close to within the margin of error. This is a state where independents can vote and they can come out. She appeals to independents. She is more moderate. Our Dems might not agree with me, but whether it's abortion, whether it's national security, whether it's even just tone and tenor, she is more moderate than Donald Trump is. The If Chris Christie stays in the race, that roughly 10 percent, which is his high watermark, will end up putting Trump over the threshold to get the nomination. If Trump sweeps Iowa, New Hampshire, it's over. I, Nikki Haley's not going to outperform him in South Carolina unless she has momentum from one of those two states. And I am not ready for this to all be sealed up within like two months. So I think if he he said he was running to stop Trump, he needs to put his money where his mouth is. He can say, I don't agree with Nikki Haley on everything. I don't either. But Trump is too uniquely dangerous. We need to consolidate behind the only person in the race who can beat him in the primary. Well, let's talk about Nikki Haley because you, you brought it up on the show today and it got a little bit uh, spirited. Um, it got sporty. Um, tell me what your feelings are, because I mean, I know that I know that you were hopeful for her mm-hmm. to unseat Trump in the primary. And then, of course, she has the Civil War gaffe over the break. And I'm sure you were. Oh, no. Where's your head with this now? Because, of course, people are like, well, how could you support someone who says something like this? Mm -hmm. But I know it's it's layered and nuanced for you. And is it all about Trump or do you feel like you could really align with her on other stuff? So to be honest, I probably 80 percent agree on policy with Nikki Haley. Um, Mm -hmm. I when I was with the vice president and the actually when I was with uh, the working for the vice president, she was U.N. ambassador on foreign policy. I think she's brilliant. I think she's savvy. I think she can be tough while being diplomatic. Um, an issue that we don't get to talk about enough because of how Trump takes up all the oxygen in the room. But if Trump is the president again, you can kiss aid to Ukraine goodbye, which means you could yeah. you could basically be rooting for a Russian victory over Ukraine. Mm-hmm. That will not be the case under Nikki Haley. She would stand with Taiwan against a Chinese invasion, things that could alter kind of the course of human events as we know it. She's on the right side to me. I think she's smart and serious on border policy. It's not just hashtags and build the wall with her. It's how do we deal with the fact that there are millions of undocumented immigrants in this country who came here through no fault of their own. They need to have a pathway that they can have citizenship. We also need to secure the border and deal with the threats and the fentanyl crisis. I would be proud to vote for Nikki Haley. I have criticisms of her on LGBTQ issues, as as I've mentioned. Her saying she would pardon Trump, that is borderline disqualifying for me. But I think that I worked in politics, so I've got to be a little bit pragmatic. I think some of this is what she thinks she needs to say in a primary. I really do. She needs to turn out Trump voters. Um, And I've shared this with you offline, but a very senior um, Biden official who's a friend of mine said, I would rather Nikki Haley be the nominee and lose to Biden than it be Donald Trump and we risk losing to Donald Trump. 
a, a, just a solemn recognition of country before party. She is not a threat to democracy. She would be a competent, serious leader, and she could stop Donald Trump. Yeah. All right. Well, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot ahead of us this year, and it's 2024 on the View. That's an election year. It's going to be um, it's going to be a journey. It's, it's going to be, be a journey. journey. <laughs> so um, buckle up. Quick, what's something that works so well it's basically magic? Air conditioning? Noise-canceling headphones? Those little vacuums that scoot around doing all the work for you? What about selling with Shopify? (coughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind millions of businesses of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 a month trial period at shopify.com view, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com view now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash view. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash view. Just go to Indeed.com slash view right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash view. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. All right. Well, speaking of the start of the new year, do you have any New Year's resolutions? Are you one of those people? Do you kind of make a list? Do you try to? I do. Mine are almost all kind of health and wellness things, mm-hmm. both like physical and mental health. Like this is a show where we're we're every day 
we're exposed to so much scrutiny. There's a lot of hate. There's a lot of there's there's love too. I'm really going to crack down on my screen time and my social media. Social media is important. It's a way that I can directly interact with our viewers, which I love doing that. It's also kind of one of the quickest ways often to get an opinion out there and get it picked up. But I'm trying to work on the doom scrolling. So I'm kind of yeah. I'm limiting myself basically one hour a day on social media. Not that doesn't even mean consecutive. That means five minutes here, five minutes there. So I put the little timer on it. Because that just that protects my peace. I see myself go down these rabbit holes for you. of like spiraling and it's it's not worth it. Um, as Whoopi always says, like you're never going to control the people you don't know and their opinion about you. What matters is how your family, your friends, your colleagues, people who actually know you feel about you. So that and honestly just being more um, dedicated and working out daily. Um, this this show's weird. Like it's it like. Robin jokes, there's like the view 15. I did not have the view 15, but I'd like the view five. <laughs> and I'm going to work on shedding the view five. Um, that and then I want to be uh, more sustainable. So just um, wasting less on like groceries and stuff, using things that we have, eating out less. Like if there's food in the fridge, you're going to cook it because there are people who don't have that and you need to use it. Those are good. Those are good plans. I uh, I definitely can sympathize on the, the doom scrolling front because I do it constantly mm-hmm. and I need to for the show. I need to know what's going on. But at the same time, I could probably do it less. And I just need to put my phone down a little yeah. bit, period. I mean, it's always in my hand. I've got kids that are, you know, getting annoyed with me during family movies as I'm looking at my phone. I have to work hard at it. Um, so that's a good that's a good goal, I think. Um, speaking of New Year's, did you go out? Because th- there was this fun is dead piece in the Washington Post basically saying that fun has become, um, let's see, emphatic, exhausting, scheduled, hyped, forced, and performative. <laughs> Do you agree with this? I could not agree with this more. Oh, really? No, really? Okay. Um, okay. I I don't know if viewers know this. I'm an absolute homebody. Mm-hmm. I went out all the time in my 20s. I had I partied in my 20s. I needed that. I will always have had that fun experiences. In my 30s, like, please, please leave by nine is sort of my policy. Mm-hmm. Like, I go to bed early. I pretty much get, like, my most comfort and fun is being with my husband and my puppy. We went out on New Year's. We saw good friends. It, listen. I had a nice time, but I'm like, I will feel it for days if I stay up till midnight. If I have more than probably two drinks, I will feel it for days. So I'm, um, I am definitely not the like out all the time need, you know, to be at every event. I'm, I'm like notorious for I never go to like media events that we're invited to. Oh, yes. that is a New Year's resolution. I am going to go to more events though. So I'm oh, kind of contradicting myself, but it's like. You stood me up at that book party. I know, yeah. I know, but I, I sometimes do kick myself. I'm like, I'm not always going to get invited to these things. And mm-hmm. there was a time that it would have been my dream to go to them. So I should go. Um, but yeah, how was your New Year's? Oh, it was nice. Um, I went away with my wife the night before. Um, just, uh, we just had a night, uh, without the kids, uh, went to a casino, which nice. I enjoy. You love and a I casino. And again, with a little bit. And then, uh, the next night we did a stay at home with the girls, staying up till midnight, watching movies and, uh, you know, eating, po- eating popcorn, toasting with cider for them. Like, and I literally fun. could have watched Anderson and Andy on CNN and gone to bed at 11 and been happy. But I was struggling like 1130. I was yeah. like, I was starting to drift and my kids were wide awake with glasses on and hats yeah. and very excited. Exactly. So I had to, I had to pull it through, but, um, I stayed up late in the casino. Um, today on the show, we talked about the backlash against Simone Biles' husband, Jonathan Owens, after he said that he was the catch in the relationship and didn't know who she was. It led to a conversation about competing with your spouse. Um, do you compete with Justin? <laughs> the, literally, the only thing we compete on is like who did more household chores. Oh. It becomes the it, it, actually this is not the most healthy, but like I did X Y and Z. Well, I did X Y and Z. But no, my husband was like an v- elite college athlete, great baseball player, played D one. Um, he's pretty good at any sport he picks up. I, on the other hand, have two left feet, two right hands. Um, 
he'd be happy if I could just like competently swing a tennis racket. Uh, so we don't compete on athleticism. But I do think that um, there are other areas I, I can outmatch him. My wife and I are competitive. Yeah, um, I could see that. I'm just competitive in general, mm-hmm. I think. But, you know, like board games and things like that. And, oh, that's true, actually. Um, and then, yeah, just pretty much everything. We, uh, we, you know. I do think, though, com- healthy competition could be an aphrodisiac. I actually yeah. think this – I was defending them because I think this could actually be fun for Simone and – the husband whose name I keep forgetting. Jonathan Owens. Jonathan he's in Owens. The pl- he's apparently looking, famous. <laughs> if he if he uh, wins this weekend, he's in the playoffs okay. in the NFL. He's <laughs> one of the Green Bay Packers, part of the secondary. I heard the clip as him being playful for what it's worth. I know the – I agree with the other ladies. The statement itself of like the man is the catch is not a good yeah. one. I think he was joking. Um, but I could see actually – Two competitive people, that's actually like kind of a fun thing in a relationship. I also think like when you're at that level of of athletic greatness, your head is in a different place where you believe you you have to believe you are elite, the best, the yes. best in order to compete at these levels. As a as a guy on the sidelines, yeah, I think Simone Biles is probably the more impressive athlete. <laughs> yeah. But I, we've accepted our mediocrity yes. in that regard. Yeah. But Jonathan Owens could kick my ass in any <laughs> number of ways. So I'm gonna just sit here and uh, you know, respect them both. Um, yeah, I, I get, my wife and I get competitive over like, like gifts and stuff too, over oh, like who yeah. had the more thoughtful gift for the other one and things like that. We're really, it's not healthy. I don't think, um, I watched a lot of movies over the break and I heard you saw one movie that has stayed with you. Tell, tell me about <laughs> yes, this. I did. I caught up on a bunch. Um, Saltburn. Okay, oh. This movie is wild. It is, uh, like not safe for work, not safe for most home environments, but like still somehow beautifully done in a fascinating story. It's kind of a like modern take on like a talented Mr. Ripley or something, which is one of my favorite movies. Um, but I watched it with my husband and the the benefit of, you know, not having kids as we can watch, uh, you know, R plus rated movies and no problem. But we like to mess with my brother-in-law and my brother-in-law has been hosting his in-laws who are German for the last two weeks. And he's like, hey, do you have a good like Christmas Eve movie <laughs> recommendation? No joke, Saltburn. So if you have to see it to understand it. This is one of the darkest, most twisted, but like beautifully shot movies I've ever seen. And afterward, he just calls us like the line is silent. And he's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> but the funny part is his German father-in-law actually has had a great sense of humor about it and was dancing around acting out one of the final scenes, which if you've seen the movie makes it even more hilarious. So yeah, don't watch it with your kids. Don't watch it with um, your in-laws. But Excellent movie. <laughs> I remember it was a long time ago because I've been married a long time, but I went with my prospective in-laws to a movie, right? I think I just met them. And it was uh, the movie Cold Mountain with Jude Law and Renee Zellweger. Oh, yeah. And it had some like really steamy, yeah, steamy. scenes. And I was like, I'm like shoulder to shoulder yeah. with my future mother-in-law. It was incredibly awkward. This I, is like twisted okay. steamy. Like it's it's darker than just like some sex scenes. Um, but that too, yeah. Yeah, that's always <laughs> awkward. And uh, yeah, I, I, I'm still... I get awkward. Um, <laughs> surprising nobody. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, what are you look on the the work from? What are you looking forward to this season or this year? This year, um, I'm well looking forward to great guests. I'm sure there's a lot uh, ahead. I know we have Kate Hudson later this week, which I'm excited about. We have Gypsy Rose Blanchard on Friday. Oh, I'm very excited for that. So I followed. I'm bet Sarah Haynes did too. I followed her case obsessively. Um, her story is like. I mean, it, it's heartbreaking. It's. There's so much to unpack, and I'm so curious to see what she's like after serving time and coming out on the other side of such a harrowing experience. Yeah. Um, so that I'm that will be incredible. And then the politics. Um, the the coolest thing about being on this show is every day you have a platform to reach so many people and react to what's happening at you know an important time in our country. And I mean, 
last political season was so insane. This one's going to be 10 times more insane. That's my 2024 prediction. Well, we're here for it. All right. Well, I hope you'll be here for it with us, uh, listeners. Thank you very much. Um, we will be back tomorrow, and uh, it'll be Joy Behar. It's Wednesday. So Ooh. Wednesday's with Joy, uh, fresh and healthy from COVID. <laughs> and uh, we look forward to it. So thank you for joining us. And uh, if you get a minute, please rate, review, and follow. Thanks so much. The Girlfriend is a free weekly e-newsletter from AARP built on the belief that girlfriend power is everything. It offers stories for Gen X women related to sex, health, beauty, travel, and money. Whether it's a shoulder to cry on or help navigating the next phase of your life, visit thegirlfriend.com to subscribe. You can also join the Girlfriend Book Club, a closed Facebook group that hosts live author interviews and free book giveaways. Again, it's thegirlfriend.com because everybody needs a girlfriend.